Welcome to Highway Freaks, real truckers, real life. I'm Bry Guy, your road dog host, introducing my road crew from British Columbia, Canada, J-Man the Snarl, from Vancouver Island, Motorhead Mark, and Cruisin' Corinne, from Swift Current, Saskatchewan, Electric Aaron, and of course, country rock singer G.M. Blacktop, produced by Calgary's Power Pack. We are Highway Freaks. How about that? Yeah, we are Highway Freaks, real truckers, real life. I'm Bry Guy, your host. And tonight we have the debut of Tony B from Oakville, Ontario. And who else is joining us, you may ask, Freaks? Well, we've got Electric Aaron tonight. We've got GM Blacktop. We have Power Pav, who's producing this, of course. And we also have Cruisin' Corinne as well. J-Man, the Snarl, well, he's going to be listening in, so I appreciate that. But uh, he's on his way to picking up a load in Houston, Texas. And like I said, we are real truckers, real life. And that's why sometimes you do not hear some of us. Uh, we always break up the variety, though, and of course, uh, we always have some comedic elements like GM uh, as well, and uh, you know, um, you know, Pav to throw in uh, just a little two cents as well. Just a few things I want to mention first. Um, number one, I want to mention about the uh, Highway Freaks Halloween Howler, and that's coming up on the weekend of the well halloween weekend the weekend of the 28th and we are going to have the host will not be me it'll be count dracula himself yes drax is back with his dead crew and his dead crew will include gm dead top karine karen the witch okay sorceress aaron j-man the werewolf snarl tony b the zombie um, we're not sure if it's either Mummy Mark or Monster Mark. And uh, we're also going to feature music by Fist, Michael Jackson. And of course, we are going to not forget the Monster Mash. Okay. Um, Fist is going to take a bit of a hiatus tonight. We're featuring GM Blacktop songs. And uh, GM, if you want to know your songs that I've picked, one of my favorites, Rocket. Desperado Lover, The Blacktop Made Me This Way, Razorback, and Blacktop Angel. Those are the ones we're fe featuring tonight. I could give and, you a uh, pretty interesting uh, commentary on the word on the song Rocket, if you like, but at some point, but that it, it I don't know if it's I don't know if it's podcast friendly. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, we'll, we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely find that out. So I want to find out everybody's topic tonight. So we're gonna. Find out first. Let's start with Electric Aaron. What's on your mind there tonight, Aaron? A little bit about uh, owner operator and all the maintenance that needs to be done on your truck when you own it. Hey, that's that's good. That's good to know. Uh, a lot of truckers out there need to know that, especially ones that are trying to go into the business of being lease operators or owner operators. Speaking of an owner operator, GM, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I've been trying to find something on my mind, but every time I look at it, it seems blank. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I'm sure you will always have your two cents or three cents to put into some of the topics. So I'm sure you'll contribute lots tonight. Um, 
Corinne, who are you going to talk about? I will be doing a bio on Suzanne Summers, who sadly passed away on the weekend. Right, right. Yeah, I I, I know that. Um, in fact, she uh, died of the same cancer that Olivia Newton-John did, didn't she? Yeah, breast cancer. I'm not sure the variety. Right. When, Tony B, what are you going to be talking in your debut tonight about? I'm going to be talking about dealing with transport trailer trucks on the highway. Uh, all right. And we're also going to find out a little bit about you. We'll, uh, I'll be asking you about that very shortly. And if you're wondering what's on Bry Guy's mind, well, he's had one heck of a week. Um, everything from being harassed by an Indigenous border guard at Surrey-British Columbia Lane uh, border to uh almost getting an overweight ticket and an extended 14-hour shift ticket in Washington. But we're not done there. Yesterday was the most traumatic of the week. Uh, we were dealing with a truck driver that cracked his head open. So, um, yeah, there's uh, there's been a lot of things that have gone on. So, um, I think uh, we're going to probably put Corinne on the spot first and then we will get the debut of tony b after that we are waiting motorhead mark i think he just got home from work and other than that uh we'll just roll with it so uh corinne let's start with your topic first okay so tonight i'm uh, taking a break from talking about travel to remember the celebrity i mentioned that we lost this past weekend suzanne summers so if i mention the tv character name chrissy snow chances are most of you know exactly who i'm referring to on sunday october 15th uh, suzanne summers 23-year battle against an aggressive form of breast cancer ended and that was the day before her 77th birthday uh, not only was Suzanne an actress, she was a businesswoman, author, singer, and health spokesperson. She was a strong believer in alternative medicine and followed that belief for most of her breast cancer treatments. And then she eventually added in the traditional treatments and had both at the, at the same time to, to fight it. Uh, Suzanne was born October 16, 1946 in San Bruno, California. She was the third of four children. She first started her acting in high school in the play uh, Guys and Dolls, and she won an award for her performance in that uh, play. In 1965, at the age of 19, while attending Catholic college, Suzanne found out she was pregnant. Uh, she married the child's father, his name was Bruce Summers, just days after finding out, and they were married for three years, and then that broke apart. Suzanne and Alan Hamill met on the set of the anniversary game in 1969, and they started dating. Uh, they became a blended family with her son, Bruce, and Alan's children, Stefan and Leslie, when they were married in 1977. And uh, Suzanne and Alan were married up until her death uh, on the 15th. Even though it was a small part, Suzanne caught everyone's attention on the big screen in 1973 in American Graffiti as the blonde in the white T-bird. That small part in American Graffiti opened many other doors for Suzanne on the big screen and TV. She appeared on Johnny Carson's show, The Rockford Files, Magnum Force, and she made guest appearances on The Six Million Dollar Man, Love Boat, and One Day at a Time. 
and she was a guest panelist with her husband, uh, Alan, on Tattletales. A TV sitcom, Three's Company, started airing in the U.S. in March 1977. Producers were not uh, too happy with their choices in the original two actresses in the leading roles as Janet Wood and Chrissy Snow, so they replaced them with Joyce DeWitt and Suzanne Somers, and as they say, the rest is, is history. Um, this might sound a little politically incorrect, but her character, Chrissy Snow, was the exaggerated, typical blonde airhead stereotype who worked as a secretary. Even though Three's Company's storyline was uh, co-ed living and contained constant sexual innuendos head-on in an area or era sorry, where it was still taboo, Three's Company was an instant hit. The show aired successfully for five years before things got rocky, and with Alan's guidance... Suzanne demanded a pay increase per episode from 30000 to 150000 She wanted it to match John Ritter's pay per episode. In addition to the pay per episode, she wanted 10% of the show's profits. And this did not sit well with executives, and they countered her offer with a $5,000 increase per episode. So in retaliation... Suzanne sat out two episodes claiming to have a broken rib. And after that, uh, she was gradually written out of the show, making only brief appearances until her contract ran out and they never renewed it. She tried suing the network for destroying her career, demanding $2 million in damages. In the settlement, she received 30000 equivalent to one episode of the show. The pay difference caused a French, uh, the friendship between Suzanne and John Ritter to break down. And then after 20 years of silence between them, Suzanne and John reconciled their friendship just before his passing in 2003. The 1980s and 90s saw Suzanne busy with numerous projects, performances, and TV shows. This included two Playboy cover features in 1980 and 1984. Uh, one of the pictorials paid for medical bills that her son built up after he was in a car accident. During the 1980s, Suzanne lived and performed in Las Vegas, performed in shows overseas for the U.S. servicemen, and a variety of appearances in TV shows and movies. And she was in the TV hit uh, Step by Step, starring alongside Patrick Duffy. Away from TV shows and movies, Suzanne became the infomercial spokeswoman for the Thighmaster exercise equipment in the early 90s. I'm sure you've all heard of, of that and seen the infomercials being played on TV. During the 2000s, Suzanne kept busy with appearances on the Home Shopping Network, Broadway Theatre, an online talk show, a health fitness series, and a stint on uh, Dancing with the Stars. Suzanne had battled health issues and cancer since her 20s when she was diagnosed with uterine hyperplasia. Then it was skin cancer in her 30s. And then in 2000, the aggressive breast cancer was diagnosed. The cancer's diagnosis gave her the incentive um, to search out alternative medicine for her treatments. And she felt so strong about the alternative medicine that she wrote multiple books on the subject to promote, uh, promote its benefits. 
In July of 2023, this, this year, the cancer returned, and sadly, this time, she could not beat it. Um, her family had gathered at their home in Palm Springs in preparation to celebrate her 77th birthday together on October 16th. And instead, she was surrounded by her son, Bruce, stepchildren, Stefan and Leslie, six grandchildren, and her husband, Alan, when she lost her 23-year battle with breast cancer the day before her birthday on the 15th. On a, a bit of a personal note, I would like to add just a cute little story about Three's Company. Um, my dad loved watching the older TV shows and sitcoms, and he actually preferred them over the, the newer shows. Dad was living in, in Saskatchewan, so I'd call him daily basis just to check in, see how he was doing. We had the usual conversation and questions on, on what he was up to, and typically he was watching TV. And he always made me laugh because it didn't matter how many times I tried to correct him, he would say he was watching Three's A Company every single time. He would put that A in there like it, it was supposed to be there. And it, 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 he made me laugh quite a bit. Uh, it, we'd have a little battle about the proper name of it. So just just a little story that about my dad and, and the show. So uh, is there anything that any of you have um, to say about Suzanne or the, or the show? Yes, I love Suzanne Summers. I still watch Through's Company. I love the girl. You know, she's adorable. I mean, I'm so sad to hear that she's passed away now, you know. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I always wanted to be a comedy actress, you know. And I love her and John Ritter. So I'm glad yeah. they reconciled. Yeah, me too. It's too bad they had that uh, that disagreement. but Yeah. All about money. Sounds yeah. to me like she had bad management that helped that helped to ruin her career. I don't think yes. it was just that It sounded like a bad decision. And as far as yeah, your father's, I think he's trying to. When you said that three's a company, I'm thinking he's comparing that to three's a crowd, right? Maybe that could be where it came from. I'm pretty sure that's where he's getting that from. Three's a crowd. Yeah. I mean, not. I don't even know your dad, and I'm my IQ is only about seventy-seven. So I'm not suggesting that I figured this out. <laughs> I tell you what, I got to add, and it's <laughs> you'd probably expect it from me, but um, I saw an Entertainment Tonight where, um, in her seventies, she was still having sex with her husband twice a day. So good on her. That's. I thought that was great. So I just thought I'd add. That was that. That was just TMI, Brian. I'm 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 feeling offended at this point. Right. Right. Talking about a 76 woman going down and doing the old bangy bangy on her bed. Jesus. <laughs> we should all be so lucky at that age. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. I have had sex twice a day since I was seven years old, for God's sakes. Okay. All right, so that was excellent, Corinne. Just it was like really informative, and uh, there's some things I didn't even know there. And when when she took that, uh, you know, that that situation with the pay, I I do have to agree with her on some of it. Like I mean, you know, she uh, back then the men did make more money than the women in the sitcoms, but but I mean, when she was asking for that you know the ownership of the of the of the show come on that that was yeah. a bit extreme but here's a question i kind of wondered 
out of the three of them, which one was, if you'd say the, the lead actor or actress, which character would you say was the lead or was there the one? I have the answer without a doubt, John John Ritter. Without a doubt, yeah, yeah. John This is how I know. If you put John Ritter, Joyce DeWitt, and Suzanne Summers all in a standing in a perfectly straight row, and pulled the ribbon in front of them, I promise you, Suzanne Summers would touch the ribbon first and be the winner. <laughs> okay. Does, does that not make sense to anybody in this panel right now? I'm 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 really hesitant to ask why. Oh, I, I think I know. Because of her boobs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think it's time to break for a song and then when we get back. We're going to debut Tony B, and we're going to find out all about her. So let's play one of GM's. This is one of my favorite songs from GM. It's called Rocket on Highway Freaks.
Okay, GM, you can tell me what Rocket's about. I'm dying to hear it. Okay, well, Rocket has three meanings. Um, Rocket is, if you listen to the, the words in Rocket, it so talks about this this guy and this with this young kid, young guy with this fast car, and uh, blah 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 blah, and which was the Rocket. And then as the song progresses, you know, he became a man, and he, you know, had a couple. Uh, you know, chicks under his arms per se, and then rocket. There was another meaning to that, and then uh, rocket was the third meaning of rocket was we talk about uh, it talked about you know a blunt. <laughs> oh no! So okay. I'm not all right. That, so, so rocket really does have some undertones that it wouldn't be Disney friendly, probably. Okay. All right. Good to know. All right. Okay. So we, uh, sure, yeah. I gotta tell, I, I gotta tell a story here to the freaks of how Tony and B met. Cause I gotta, I honestly, I don't care for Zuckerberg. I generally, you know, slam him. And I know if Jay was here right now, he'd be, he'd be telling you about his, his wife being a dog and it's, you know, he really gets on that tangent, but we're not going to do that. We're actually going to thank Facebook for bringing Tony B to highway freaks. And I'll tell you how this happened. It was a friend suggestion. It was just a normal friend suggestion. I saw the microphone in, in Tony's hand on the profile and I thought, wow, the light just went on. I got to go after that girl gal. Right. And not in, not in that connotation, GM. Um, so anyway, I sent a text to her, and I think she must have thought I was a stalker because uh, I was sending her texts, text, and then finally I, I sent her the link to Highway Freaks, the last podcast, uh, you know, number 50. This is number 51, by the way. And um, she then just uh, started listening, and uh, we got talking, and we developed kind of a bit of a kinship this week. So. Uh, Tony, uh, what are you all about? Tell uh, the Highway Freaks out there. Well, let's see. I'm an accountant by day. I'm a singer-songwriter. I've been writing songs since I was like uh, 20. Uh, so like for many years. I won't tell you how many years. <laughs> yeah, girl, um, you go yeah, I sing in clubs like three nights a week. And um, what else can I tell you? I was married to an AZ truck driver for like 10 years. And what else would you like to know? Well, I mean, I wouldn't mind knowing, uh, you know, what your favorite dessert is. Hitamasu. <laughs> a which? Hitamasu. Eat a who? Hitamasu. What is that? It is delish. It's Italian lady fingers dipped in espresso coffee and Tia Maria. And you make a layer of that. And then the topping is mascarpone cheese and egg whites and sugar. And you whip that up and that's your cream. And you put that on. Then some more layers of the cookies. And you Gee. top it up. Top it up with that chocolate um, sprinkle. Whatever happened to ice cream and butterscotch sauce? <laughs> Man, that sounds That's, good. 
It yeah. does sound tasty. It yeah, is good. absolutely. And you live in Oakville, Ontario. Yes. Right. And how's how's things in good old Ontario these days? Are you a Toronto Maple Leafs fan or a Toronto Argonauts fan? Anything like that? Yeah, both. Both definitely and definitely the Blue Jays as well. But okay. yeah, I'm definitely a Maple Leaf fan. Okay. Dallas Stars here. And uh, something that we have been doing on the Highway Freaks just recently, we do a sports scoreboard. And uh, we talk about uh, the latest scores of, of who's playing. I know my stars are playing tonight because I'm wearing their, their T-shirt. So, um, But what else uh, uh, can you tell the freaks there, uh, Tony? You, you are a singer-songwriter, so you, did you, have you put out CDs or anything like that? Yeah, I have a demo CD of three of my original songs mastered in the studio. And then my previous band, The Trades, uh, we did like 13 songs, 14 songs were, uh, four songs were original, and uh, two of them were my originals. The other two originals were written by uh, my other band members, but I sang them. And the rest of the songs were cover tunes. Awesome. And excellent. Excellent. So what are you going to talk about tonight, Tony? I'm going to talk about Highway driving and dealing with transport trailer drivers. Uh oh, that sounds uh -oh. like that sounds like bad words for a truck driver. No, not at all. I'm starting to get awkward. Remember, I was married to a truck driver for like ten years. I don't know if to take that as a positive or a negative. What do you not think, Gia? Positive. It's positive. Pretty, pretty sure what she's trying to say is all truck drivers are bipolar like me and you, and that we're probably little 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 boys wrapped in men's bodies. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll let you carry on, Tony. Okay. Well, basically, if you're on the highway, okay, if there's something my ex-husband taught me on the road is, A, if you're in your vehicle, it's best to be safe in the middle lane. Okay? A. B. If you want to thank someone for letting you in, you put on your farways, and that says thank you in trucker language, you see. And if you're on the highway, these guys got to get off the highway. They have appointment times to meet, you know, and delivery times, and you just let them in. You know, let them in. They're driving some mother effing long, you know, transport trailer, you know, and it's best to let them in. That's all. I'm glad that you have the, the guts to swear like that because I get hell all the time for it. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have any fear when you come up in front of a, 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 a you know, a big rig then, right? No, I don't. I don't. I always let them in because I'm so understanding. Uh, during the day, I'm, a, I'm an accountant and I've run many businesses and triple net profits and uh, hired a hell of a lot of transport companies to do our hauling for us. So right. I appreciate right. them. I love them. Uh, I know a lot of all the Primo Foods drivers because my husband used to work for Primo Foods. Oh. Okay. All right. I have one question oh. for Tony as a driver. I got one question and I'm at, it's cool that you, you mentioned those things, but as a driver, and you can tell me if, if, if you disagree with me, Brian, because you're a driver too. 
the idea of the middle lane thing I have a little trouble with because nowadays, if you're going to run the middle lane, you better be prepared to go at least 105 or 110 or the drivers, other drivers are going to get on your ass and start blowing on you. Do you agree with yes. that, Brian? Yes, yes. I agree with you, but here's the problem. When you have governed trucks... Yes. Like I'm governed at 62 and you right. get another guy that's governed at 62 and the right. guy tries to pass you. Right. That's when you have a seriously stupid problem because yes, one is one is literally trying to inch past the other and it's not not gaining any ground whatsoever. And the other one doesn't want to back off. And then so you just you got do? a car. What do, what do what I do? do? Yeah. What do you do? I know what I do. What do you do? Okay. Well, if I've if I've gotten halfway past the the trailer, then it, then basically the, he should back off because I'm I'm actually getting past him with maybe the fact that my weight's less than his. But if I'm not getting past him and I and I know that I'm not getting past that trailer, then I've got to back off. It's common courtesy. But here's the problem: right. you get two guys that are just headstrong, and it's like yep. we're in an auto race here. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to get past you. And yeah. and it gets just stupid. Don't you agree? Uh, what I do, and, and I'm uh, and every time I do this, I'm pissed off. But as soon as I get into that posi- position, I, I do one of two things. I either three hit my pedal, so I give myself you know five extra mile an hour for a minute. But if I'm in the right lane being passed, I I just back off reluctantly, and I usually you know swear under swear several times because I can't stand that either, and I can't stand that the guy that's being passed is so headstrong that he can't flip his cruise control off for half a second take let the guy get past and then flip it back on i just can't I, that's been a pet peeve of mine for decades okay. yeah. well, let's do a, let's do a bit of a panel on this pav what what's your opinion on that when you come up in front of a a, a truck driver oh I'm i agree. from alberta you know the problem with Truck drivers, okay. So as a brown, I can't say too much because half of the brown <laughs> truck drivers. Okay, so you need to understand, right? So like, seven percent of my hand <laughs> group is all like truck driver. So like, everyone I know is a truck driver, and but yeah, sometimes it's kind of scary when I see two drivers racing in the road, and I have a car which is faster, but still I don't want to go fast because. Then it's like we have three lanes and three lanes are all covered. So it's scary when I see two people. Uh, once I drive with a driver from Winnipeg to Vancouver, and I would say that was the scariest ride I ever had in my life. Okay, I see them, and I'm like, nope, I'll take my plane next time. I'm done. So yeah, not too. Scary. Yeah, it's okay. when, when people's attitudes get going, that's the, that's the scary part is when people get <laughs> attitudey. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's the, the road rage gets in there. Yeah. How about you, Aaron? What's your opinion on this? Well, we're not governed, so I just go faster. <laughs> yeah, you. You go, yeah. you go girl. She's like, I don't care. If I'm passing you, I'm passing you. Bypass that little bitch. <laughs> that's 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 well said. That's well said. So, okay. Um, Corinne, do you have any fear? You're when you're on your motorcycle and you you come up on those big rigs. 
Oh, yeah, that's a little bit intimidating. What I do is um, when I'm passing in another lane, I'll go wide and I watch the mirror. And if I can see the driver's face, then he can see me. And uh, when I come back into the lane in front of the truck, then I, I go a ways out so that he can see that I'm cutting across and, okay. and back into the lane. And uh, I typically speed up when I'm in a, beside the truck because I've had two experiences with the wheels exploding. I was going to say, oh, no, really? Yeah, once, well, once I was in my, in my truck, I have a, a Sierra truck that I drive, and uh, I was beside the truck, and I heard a loud bang behind me, and I looked in my mirror, and I could see, like, smoke behind us. And then the truck pulled over right away, and, I, and then I saw the tire shrapnel all over the road. And once yep. when I was on my bike, I was beside the truck, and I just looked over, and I could see it wasn't the outside wheel. It was one of the inside ones. The rubber was starting to flip, and yep. so I just booted her out of there and went past the truck so the rubber wouldn't fly out at me on that, the bike. That was a question I was going to ask you. Like, not Maybe it's happened, maybe it hasn't, but I was going to ask you, does that not freak you out when you're right on their tandems? Do you ever wonder if they're just going to blow because that shrapnel is going to fly? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, every time I yep. pass this semi, I, I speed up just so that I can get away from the wheels. How's that? I had a wife that used to blame everything on me, too. Her name was Ilsa, the dominatrix queen from the Nazi territory. <laughs> All right. So, um, Something happened, speaking of uh, accidents and trucks this week, and I wanted to talk about it because, uh, wow, it's, uh, it really, when you see the pictures, I sent you guys the pictures of it, and when you see the pictures, it's just devastating. Uh, in Pueblo, Colorado, uh, there was a train derailment, and unfortunately, uh, the driver that was underneath the bridge, that was just going through that bridge seconds, lost his life. <laughs> and uh, he, he was from Compton uh, in, in California. And, uh, you know, grandfather had lots of grandkids. And uh, the uh, train went off the tracks and collapsed right on that bridge. And he was crushed immediately. And, uh, oh, my God. Yeah, probably wouldn't, probably not, really, honestly, probably would not have even felt it. But uh, it just kind of gives you an idea that when your number's up, your number's up. I mean, literally, yeah. I've gone, I've gone mm -hmm. underneath that bridge. And I think you, maybe you have too, GM, on I-25 in Pueblo, Colorado, just off oh, yeah. the city there. You, you go under that underpass, right? Yeah. That's what happened. It uh, collapsed and, uh, you know, uh, this, this gentleman... Um, he, he was killed and it just goes to show you how, how life in an instant can be just snapped away from such a freak accident, like a complete freak accident. Um, they even did the results from the national transportation safety board, um, has the results basically have revealed the findings indicated that a broken rail guard caused the derailment. And the bridge was built in 1958. And um, that's probably why that happened, because there was no warning systems on it. Uh, of course, the B, 
NSF Railroad, um, is the American Railroad, uh, is not actually coming out and saying, hey, we're to blame for it. But uh, as rail, uh, kind of like railroads do, they never seem to take the blame for these things. And uh, I'm sure there's going to be probably a lawsuit that will come out of this. But uh, unfortunately, a truck driver lost his life because of it. And it's just unfortunate. Um, it's just one of those weird things. And I'm just sure we've seen lots of crazy accidents on the road that happened. I mean, I saw one last week in California and it was blocking traffic. And I see this lady and she's out talking to this, the state trooper and her car is on top of the side of the, of the, of a bridge on an angle. And I'm just thinking, how did that happen? Like she, she literally rode right up onto the bridge. And um, the only thing I can think of is one word, ph pharmaceuticals, or as far as California goes. <laughs> or text message. Or text messaging. Yeah, or text messaging. So uh, I wanted to, to mention that because, you know, uh, as truck drivers, we, we do take things for granted, like going underneath an underpass and think that nothing will ever happen. Well, this guy, it happened to him. And it could happen to any of us. So uh, if you see a train, I guess the moral of, of this is, is if you see a train that's going under an underpass, if you can just slow down and let it go by, great. But if, if you want to go underneath it, you might might be taking your chances like this guy did, you know? The freaky stuff that happens out there is, is kind of scary. You know, lightning strikes. Uh, in the wintertime, you know, just guys coming across the median and, you know, the whole... The whole thing is just over the top as far as, like you say, when your time's up, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, Aaron, have you ever seen anything like that? Um, No, I've never seen anything like that. But my brother works for uh, CP Rail in Canada, in Canada here in uh, BC. And, uh, yeah, he said, like, he sees some pretty crazy stuff. Like, he mostly does uh, maintenance and stuff like that, so... Um, yeah, you could get some pretty crazy derailments and how quiet it is. Like, um, I mean, as in how quiet they can keep stuff Yeah. where, you know, like there's derailments that happen all the time and nobody's even aware of them. Right. Really? Yeah. Lots, lots, they hit cars on the tracks, hit moose on the tracks, hit people on the tracks and you never hear about it, right? That's no. very, very true. Yeah, and that, that happened last Sunday, by the way. So um, if you wanted to find out more about it, just Google it. You can read the story. It's uh, all over the Internet. And uh, here's here's something that I didn't know. A 432,000-pound locomotive is equivalent to eight tractor trailers stacked on top of one another. So think about that. That amount of weight coming down upon one tractor trailer. No contest. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so we're going to get to another one of your songs, GM. Okay, this one is Desperado Lover. And when we come back, Electric Aaron will tell you a little bit about what's on her mind. I don't know what you 
Hey guys, this is Electric Aaron. Uh, I'm just going to talk a little bit about owner operator um, maintenance and the pros and cons of being an owner operator. Uh, for the last, I guess, 10 years, my husband's owned our beautiful Peterbilt that we drive daily. Um, and like the cost of things are so expensive. I don't think people really realize unless you're in this business. Like the other day I went and bought some small seals because we had to redo our, uh, we had to do a air compressor switch out. So we needed new seals, 20 bucks for these little, little pieces of plastic. And uh, like the compressor itself, it's like 16, $1,700. Um, you know, like the price of tires are outrageous. Like people just don't realize, like you can take for granted when you're a driver, like, okay, something's wrong. So you just put in a maintenance request and it gets changed. But when you're the one that's having to change it, it's your time, time off work. Cause we, you know, we had to spend two extra days at home to get the air compressor done uh, for parts to come in. Uh, you know, like it's, uh, it's an outrageous, it seems like they gouge you because they know you, you need it. Like, uh, like we have a cat engine as well. So you're paying for that little CAT written all over your, say, seals or your filters. Um, but you want a good product as well that's going to go well with your engine. So you're you're pretty much forced to buy cat products or remands there's a good chance things aren't going to work like remanufactured like uh the air compressor we bought it was a reman um the original cat one or the original one for this engine was like four thousand dollars and a reman one was 1700 so yeah we take the reman but you're already looking at that's 1700 dollars and two days off work while we get it while we do all the work for it we redid our engine uh, I guess it was about three years ago. We rebuilt the whole thing. We took it out, um, rebuilt the whole thing. It was about $45,000. But you think about it, my boss did two engines in his other trucks that he has, $80,000 each if somebody else does it for you. Yeah, Which is just, it's it's crazy because I don't even know how you could afford to um not be mechanically inclined like dale my husband he has everything in the truck that like we can pretty much fix anything on the side of the road like he is so mechanically inclined but i thank god every day when i go to get a part that when it costs you know three thousand dollars thank god we don't have to pay for somebody to, else to install it yeah you know it could take us two days to do it yeah it's going to take them two days to do it but they're doing like a hundred bucks an hour you know, you have, you have to pay somebody a hundred bucks an hour or more. Like we've got a great mechanic in Manitoba that we go to. And when we go there he, um, for anything extra or Dale needs an extra hand, he's 75 bucks an hour, which is fantastic. But that's why we go all the way to Manitoba yeah. to get anything done that we, that we can't do. He will do. And it's a great price, but you have to go where, you know, where you can save money because being an owner operator, I mean, it's, there's beauties of it because uh, you can say, no, I don't want that load. You know, it doesn't pay as much when you're a driver. You don't really have that option. You pretty much have to take what you can. 
Whereas us being owner operators, we can be like, no, I think we'll, we'll probably just stay home or we'll wait for something better to come along. Um, so that's a, a real good benefit. And our I guess. And tax. Hmm? Yes. Like we get the GST, like we just incorporated last week because, uh, you know, technically to the government, we make too much, which is bullshit because we're just barely living. But, you know, according to them, we are. So we just incorporated. So that's been a, my whole new hassle of um, that this side of being an owner operator. Um, it was only like 400 bucks, but I did like I have a really good accountant friend um, who kind of helped me through everything. And through Saskatchewan, you don't have to have a lawyer. I know in Manitoba you do. So then there's that extra added um, cost, but it wasn't that bad. But really, like our accountant said, unless you're making money, don't do the incorporation because no, it's better just to be the sole proprietor and then just, you know, collect your GST and uh, you don't. You run your own numbers? Yeah. Oh, you do, eh? Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like I do all the book work. I'm mostly just I a mean, passenger I mean, princess. You mean your MC oh. number and your, you, own, you run your own MC number and your own DOT number? Oh, no. We work for a company. Like, we have, oh, a, uh, we work for, yeah, CB Trucking here in Saskatchewan, oh. which is Chris Berber. Um, like, we just do, far, we do farm equipment. We do big farm equipment, mostly oh, okay. oversized. So, we've got, um, yeah, so we do, we do all that stuff. But, like, we can still say, no, that's not, you know, we're not going to pull that well, if it's not worth our money you're pulling a well right on rgn oh, yes yeah yeah you have a lot yeah. more flexibility because there when it comes to rgns that what i've found in my experience and i've done a lot of oversized but i've never held an rgn but uh as far as that kind of a trainer or just more oversized on the step decks and stuff but yeah. what i found because my buddy is a landstar rgn guy and he makes tremendous money and uh now he's a Landstar, so he gets to pick and choose anyway. But I find that anybody that pulls an RGN, there's an automatic respect from people giving you the load that they are okay if you don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a lot of undercutting coming in now. Oh, I bet. Um, you know, so sometimes you do have to, you can't be as picky as you'd like, but there are... Uh um a lot more people coming into this rgn and the oversized world like that's kind of why we like my husband started out doing reefers and then we went to flat decking because the flat decking rates were good and then um like when reefers bottomed out we went to flat deck and then now we're on rgn because flat decks are being overtaken and everything's being undercut so we're going to rgn and then i don't know what our next step will be when you know the prices drop on RGN, but uh, yeah, we're just always no trying price. to keep one step ahead. No prices should be dropping when it's eight freaking dollars a gallon for fuel. Oh yeah, like I when you said that earlier, I was like, where the hell is he going? Like that, it's eight bucks a, a gallon because you must be in California or something, eh? No, no, I mean it's all a liter in Canada. Dollar ninety a liter is not is is nearly eight bucks a gallon. Oh yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. <laughs> I thought you meant down here. I was like, good God, like, because we run a lot into the States. And I was like, where are you that it's eight bucks a gallon? But that makes sense. So four and a half yeah. or four or whatever yeah. down the state. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's still ridiculous. Yeah. And what 
the other thing that's killing us is this 40% currency, which is knocking me the hell over. Now, what's this 40% of currency? Oh, no, oh the, yes, you mean, yes, I know what you mean now. The, the currency rate, yes. Yeah, I always... Canadian uh, dollars. Yeah, I always uh, think about it as 35 cents, but I didn't know it went up to 40 because, yeah, I'm always like, okay, is it worth buying fuel in Canada? I can get the GST, but really, if it's cheaper in the States, who cares about the GST? Because, uh, you know, I'm saving it just buying American fuel, so... Yeah, exactly. Forty cents, yeah. eh? Jeez. Yeah, but it's still like you said, eight bucks a gallon. Who'd have, who'd have figured that the rates would be the way they are when the price of fuel is four times what it was, you know, three years ago, kind of thing. Oh yeah, it's it's brutal, brutal, brutal. I know we always uh, like we run a uh, camera like a. We don't have to fill up at a specific spot, you know, we can fill up wherever's cheapest. So, you know, in the winter, we're a little more picky because we need that winter fuel. But uh, in the summertime, we can try and find the cheapest place. Whereas I know some people are can only fl um, fill up at Flying J or Loves or whatever with their companies. And uh, those people, I know they get big discounts, hopefully, but they're all, you know, at least a good 50 cents more down here. Uh, than the the cheapest place. So I'm hoping they get good discounts with their fuel cards. Well, yeah, I mean, I was I was I was fueling at Loves, and it was bad enough that I had to fuel at Loves. But then the guy, because it was his fuel card, was charging five percent on top of that too, on top wow. of the highest price in the freaking country. When I say country, I mean that that Loves is probably one of the highest and pilot too is and you know whatnot is one of the highest fuel prices as far as a a, 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 a fueling stop you know yes absolutely yeah you think about that and i see so many people there i'm like i hope they get good discounts because that just doesn't even seem worth it like that's that's a lot of extra money yeah, if you're not getting a good discount it's just nuts and, and like you cross the border into detroit into ontario and you know it's about a buck and a half cheaper uh but you're forced to go to loves where it's the most expensive and then pay five percent on top of that you know it's just a, right it's one big shit show all the way across the industry right now yeah oh yeah there's definitely everybody's got their hands in your pocket it seems like yeah yeah but well, yeah, that's I, that's my little rant and rave about uh, you know being an owner operator. I know people want to be owner operators, but I swear, unless you're mechanically inclined, I sure shit wouldn't like. I, <laughs> I yeah, I don't know how people do it. They they I, must I make way more than I do to be able to do that. I can't I can't even fix a marriage, let alone a truck. <laughs> <laughs> So, GM, I, do you have anything more to add to that, being a, an owner-operator? And, and oh, you were just, just telling talking. me some pretty shocking news today about your truck? Yeah, I got some shocking news today about the truck. I mean, um, you know, I mean, I'm in a position where I've got my truck a little bit more than half paid off. So, it's not a lot, but I had a bad year for repairs, you know, probably 50-plus thousand this year. Uh, so, that really hurt. And then I had a meeting with the bank today. And they told me because I was a SIBA recipient for that SIBA loan back during COVID, that January 1st, it starts up to have to pay back. And the amount that they're charging everybody who had that SIBA loan for that 60 grand is $2,500 per month for two years. 
That's what? outrageous. It's totally really I, bad. I, all, I, all I can say is there's going to be bankruptcy upon bankruptcy upon bankruptcy. And you know what the banker actually said to me? Maybe that's their plan. Yeah, yeah. it is. They want you dependent on them, and that's like the government wants you to dependent on them. So if you're bankrupt, you you will need more of their help, and that's what they want. Yeah, yeah I think that's just, and and that came from the bank manager's mouth, and I thought, oh, that was a pretty bold statement. But she's probably right. They probably know exactly what they're doing. But well, you know what? I don't think none of them know what they're doing. But they just they have this I- ideal that that this is the way they want the country to be in five years and they're just going to slowly weed out the small guy or I don't know what the hell it is, but it's crazy. Well, you guys have definitely given me food for thought because I, I was, uh, I was all gung ho to lease a truck in the spring, but um, you're, you're making me uh, rethink that decision. So uh, where are you going to benefit Brian? Can benefit in the tax i mean that you can benefit by brian if you if you this is what it's going to come down to you probably aren't going to haul rgn and and you're used to dry box so you'll either haul reefer or dry box i don't know if you'd like flatbed but it comes down to this if you have a dispatch and a company that will get you loaded both ways and pay you decently both ways you will survive if you do yeah. not have that consistently you will not that's yeah, simple. that's it. Yep. You need that constant income both ways to make it in this business if you're yep. going to be an owner operator. Absolutely. Yep. That's right. the bottom line. So it depends on who you go with. You know, you get with oh. one of these big companies that, that they sure they'll, they'll haul you both ways at a buck 40 a mile. Like, forget that bullshit. Yeah, you to, you're just doing it for free. Like I do produce, and going out produce is usually over four bucks a mile. That's what you need, and then you need at least two and a half or three coming back. But if you're running around for eighty cents a mile or a buck ten a mile, you can't even buy fuel for that at eight bucks a gallon. Good point. Very good point. So, Corinne, so anything to add to well. our topic before we finish this one? I'm shocked at what Jan Blacktop saying, uh, what, how much he has to pay per month to pay that money back. That's insane. Yeah, that's, it's, it, it is, it's beyond, and it's not just me. It's anybody who had that CBA loan. And yeah. it's it just, and, and what's crazy about it was at the time it was like this big COVID relief package thing. So it's almost like, <laughs> it's almost like a surreal experience of getting this money and then finding out that it's going to ruin you in the end. Mm-hmm. it's so hard being a business owner of any kind right now i've got three small businesses and i'm still struggling to to make ends right. meet could you imagine if all of a sudden you had an extra 2500 bucks a month you had to come up with <laughs> no i i think i'd just, have to go live on a box on the beach absolutely it, it <laughs> but you could because you're on Vancouver Island and it's nice and warm there, even in the winter. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. But this past week, we had an atmospheric river come through and we're still drying out. It There was so much rain. My girlfriend, oh. she lives on, by Topino area and she said that, yeah, it's just been very gloomy and very, very, um, very rainy. <laughs> yeah, very. Well, it was like somebody turned a faucet on up there and it just poured for, for a couple of days. Yeah. How about you, well, Tony? Have you uh, do you know some owner operators that have uh, 
experienced turmoil in uh, this business? Well, actually, I'm sure a lot of them do. I don't know any of them personally telling me of this, but uh, I can certainly see their problems, especially with the SIBA loan. I'm an accountant, and I know a lot of companies are struggling to pay back the uh, the balance of $40,000 by January 18 of 2024. Right, and that's coming up in two months. And if they don't have 40 grand, they got to pay back 60. Yeah, they got to pay back 60 plus interest. And that's where the 2,500 bucks is a month. Yeah. Now, apparently, I've heard of some uh, refi loans. So hopefully, that's a lot less than 2,500 which is what GM is facing. So uh, I'm not sure what's going on with that, but I will find out. Yeah, maybe if you you find out, let me know, because I'm I'm definitely, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely making my cornflakes a little salty. Let's put it that way. Yes, of course it is. They shouldn't even ask for it back. I agree. I agree. I'm with you. And I yeah. think that's honestly what people that got the loans, I don't know, assumed maybe that it, it wouldn't even be asked for back or it wouldn't be as hard to be paid back. Like, I know when we heard about that loan, we debated about getting it, but I'm very thankful we didn't. Our account said, don't touch that with a 10-foot pole. So um, so we never did. But, I mean, we could have used the money for sure. But, uh yeah, that's the problem. I, I, had an ex, I had an ex-wife saying, yeah, touch that 10-foot pole, baby. Touch that 10-foot pole. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, GM? I guess the blacktop made you this way, and I think we're going to play that <laughs> song on Highway Freaks. <laughs>
gotta say Yeah, the blacktop made me this way And the blacktop has got a hold on me Rolling through the chapters of my life And the white line A leading wild and free Oh, I ain't gonna let nobody tell me How I've gotta be Alright Yeah, the blacktop Made me this way Yeah, the blacktop So it's been quite a week for your Bry guy. Uh, we uh, started the week off with uh, a load that I was taking up from California back to British Columbia. And it seemed like a very simple load. But sometimes when you think the loads that are the most simple, they always have paperwork that are fraught with difficulty. And sure enough, mine was when I got to the border at Blaine. Uh, i.e. Surrey on the other side. And they said, well, your PARS is not in and um, you need to get this fixed. And I said, well, Mr. Border Guard, sir, it seems to be fine here, according to my my app that says that uh, the paperwork's good. He said, no, it's not in. Go sit in the you know compound yard and uh, go into the uh, the building. So Anyway, I was looking at my time, and we have that thing called that e-log, and that 14-hour uh, shift was running out on me. But shit, what am I going to do here? So I thought, well, I'll sit in the compound yard, and uh, then I was informed by my dispatch, shut down. It's the, This PARS isn't going to clear to the morning, shut down. So I thought, okay, fine. Close the curtains, go to sleep, you know, and uh, that's pretty much what I did. So... I was having a wonderful, wonderful sleep, you know, dreaming of interesting things. And all of a sudden, I get this on the door. And it was loud. It was loud. And it wasn't nice at all. And he just kept doing it. I was like, what the hell? So I go go out the window, uh, look out the window, and there's this indigenous guy. And he goes, what are you doing here? I said, uh... I said, I'm in the compound, and uh, I'm waiting for my paperwork to clear. Give me your yellow slip. I said, what? Give me your yellow slip. I said, okay. So, you know, I'm in, I'm in my skivvies, okay? I'm, like, half asleep. He grabs the slip, okay? He goes, this is 10 o'clock last night. I said, yeah. He says, what time is it right now? I said, well, I said, it's 6 a.m. You woke me up. I don't care. He says. Get in the building there. It says, get this cleared or you're going south. Oh, oh, really? So, nice guy. Okay, yeah. And he was indigenous. Yep, yep. Sure was. Okay. And uh, so I'm going, I'm not going south again. So I sandbagged two hours 
sitting in my truck. And he was, he went out there and he was having a smoke and he was sitting in his border cruiser mobile and just, just staring at me, just peering through. And I'm just going, I'm not going in there. I'm going to wait, wait till my paperwork clears. So I waited and I waited and waited. And he could just, you could just see him seething through his, you know, his cigarette smoke. And uh, then finally, I get the message on my phone. It's cleared. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> I, I get out of the truck. I've got clothes on now, thank God. And I walk up in the building and he's, he's gone. He's already up in the, in the, in the, uh, behind the desk when I go up there. And I uh, talked to the one guy real nicely. And he goes, uh, any problem? Uh, I said, no, not at all. I just, I, here's my paperwork. And you could just see that he was so pissed off that it was clearing, right, GM? And so uh, the guy goes, yeah, okay, Mr. Wade, you're clear, right? I said, thank you. Have a nice day. And you could just see he was just so burned because he wanted to get me south, eh? So that was my first incident. Now, I have to tell you that one, just tell you what my second one was and how it kind of co-inspired with this first one. So then I leave, but I have, I, I've, I, I've got the eight hours in the sleeper. I don't have the 10. I've got eight. So then I leave, right? And I pick up my load in the yard in Langley, and now I'm heading back south again. All right now I'm going to California, which I'm in. I'm in uh, Arvin, California, right now. I'm on my way to Riverside, but anyway, so I uh, I made a cardinal a cardinal sin when you take a load of forty three thousand pounds, Aaron. I'm sure you know this. You got to move your bogies back, and then when you get into California, you move them ahead, right? Because California allows you thirty five thousand five hundred and fifty on the trailer tandems. Guess what? Washington doesn't. Okay. And I discovered that at a scale. Okay, there. Uh, yeah. You know the one, Bow Hill? Yep. Yep. That's where I was. And I uh, going across the scale, and he's he's got the red light. And I'm going, what's going on? And he's got the red light, and he comes back out, and he goes, you're overweight. Bring in your paperwork, permit book, license. Medical card, everything. They always think we have medical cards being from Canada. It's kind of funny. Yeah, we do in a way, but they, in the States, the drivers actually have real medical cards that says, signifies they're truck drivers. So anyway, I walk in there, and he goes, uh, uh, did you bring your e-log? I said, yep. He says, okay, first thing, of course, you know what he wants, GM. He wants those e-logs emailed to him right now. He's going to yep. go right through all of them, right? So he starts going through them. And... Uh, he said, uh, you know, have you got everything here? And I said, yeah. He said, where's the bill of lading? I said, oh, oh, okay, I'll be right back. So I'll go grab the bill of lading. And he, I come back, and he goes, okay, Mr. Wade, we found a few things wrong here. Oh, wait. He goes, you extended your 14-hour shift. You were at the border in uh, Blaine, Washington? I said, yeah, yeah, and I explained him the story. And he goes, he goes, yeah, but you went over your 14-hour shift. I said, no, I didn't. He said, yeah, you did. He said, uh, you went over by an hour and a half here. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, and when, you know, the nicest thing you have to do, just be nice to these guys. Don't, don't, don't bitch at them. Don't get mad. Just be nice. This is what I've, I've discovered. You get more bears with honey than you do with sugar. Okay. So 
I was really nice about it. I said, "Say hey, sorry, I did. I didn't know." And he goes, and he goes, uh, "What's the situation with your weight?" I said, "Well, I'm going down to California." And he goes, "Oh, so you did you move the the bogeys when you first picked it up?" I said, "Yeah, I shouldn't have done that. I knew it was going to California. I should have backed them off to the four, you know, the the forty three foot mark." He goes, "Okay, all right." So this is what actually turned this around because he was being a, a real a bit of a prick and. I said, oh, God, we're going to really hear about this on the podcast Thursday night. He goes, you do a podcast? I said, yeah, I do a podcast. He goes, what's it called? I go, Highway Freaks. He goes, okay. He says, he said, are you going to include me in it? I said, uh, yeah. He goes, are you going to tell everybody I'm, I'm a prick? And he points, to, he points to his name. I go, no, 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 no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be real nice to you. I'm going to give you a blue pylon shout out. What? I'm going to give you a blue pylon shout out at the end of the show. I said, okay, you make sure you tell everybody it's Aaron Gustafson. And he is listening to this podcast when he downloads us. Because so he says, I want your name. He goes, I want your podcast. And I'm going to be listening. So... Yes, Aaron, you're going to get the blue pylon shout out for that. Okay. So that was second that's incident. I went to jail right there. I would have went to jail right there. That's, that would have been the turning point for me. Right there would have been the spot. You would have went to jail? Yep. Right there. Oh, that oh not me. No, 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 no. I, 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 I'm nice to those guys, right? So he gives me a warning ticket, right? Just no problem. He says, okay. Well, it you goes know. on your CVOR, by the way. Yeah, but it doesn't go doesn't go out of my bank account, now, does it? But, but it's still on the VOR, it's still it's still a, it's still a violation. Well, I don't care as long as it didn't come out of my bank account. Okay, so care. then I go. Then he says, "I need you to move those bogeys before you you leave." Now, this is an old trailer. I'm not going to mention the company. Okay. Anyway, this trailer has a pull bar. You know what they are, Aaron, and I'm sure you know what they are, GM. I don't know if you know Corinne or you know Tony, but basically it's a bar that you pull and it's spring activated and the pins release themselves. It's an old, old way of trucking. They do not have them anymore. And I'll tell you why they don't have them anymore, because simply put, they're dangerous. They're very, very dangerous. Okay. Um, GM, you guys are Many guys broke yeah. their back trying to pull that damn thing. And not to mention hemorrhoid issues. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We weren't gonna I didn't I didn't want to know about your ass, but thank you. For God's sakes. I'm just saying okay. some guys. Okay. So anyway, I tried to pull the pin and I could not. It was it, it, it was locked or whatever. I shook that truck. It didn't it, it would not it just would not engage. So finally I pulled it and it released. It's like, yes, great. But then what happened is when I pulled the bar, it snapped right back to put the pins back in. It's like, right. oh my God. Okay, there's nothing I could do. So I grabbed the bungee and I tied that thing around the bar and I hooked that on the guard on the side. And I inch by inch I, I was able to move the bogeys back into the cal back into the uh the Washington hole, right? The 43 foot hole. So um, I thought, well, I hope I don't have another problem with this. So, but of course I actually did. And this is what happened yesterday. So um, I got down the road. I was at a rest stop in Oregon 
and right at the California Oregon border there. I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about, GM. And yep. uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful rest stop. You know, you can see deer and running river, the whole works. And I go out and I, okay, I'm, I, now I got to move my bogeys into the California hole. I get out there and I struggle with the damn thing again. And it won't work. It will not release this time. So I ask a FedEx driver. I said, hey, can you give me a hand? I said, uh, I'll tell you what, I don't want you to get hurt. So I don't want you to pull it with your hand. I'll give you a fifth wheel puller. You can hook onto the bar and just pull it out. Okay, he says, John says, great. So I said, I'll do it really slow. That way, you, you know, nothing should happen. And I did it really slow, but the trailer jerked. And John let go of that fifth wheel puller. And John started falling backwards and backwards and backwards. And John landed on his head. Oh, next God. thing I know, next thing oh, I know, there's blood pouring out of John's head. Like, you know, Jesus. head wounds are bad, right? You know, and I just, oh, my God, man. Like, I just got out and grabbed the first aid kit. And, oh, my God, buddy, I'm so, so sorry. I was just profusely just so, so apologetic. And he was just, oh, my God, he was just out of it. And, I, and, and I said, just hang on. And then he went to run to the bathroom. And I was like, where'd he go? Like, like, and there's blood just all over the pavement. And I was like, oh, my God, man. So he came back. He was all cleaned up, but he, he looked like he probably needed about three stitches. I gave all the, you know, the particulars and whatnot to him. And I, I said, you make sure you tell your guy this because these trailers should be outlawed. I hate these trailers. I absolutely refuse to actually haul these trailers anymore. I made that abundantly clear to my dispatch. I will not haul these trailers anymore because they are so dangerous. Okay. Um, not only that, John told me that they they the they actually discontinued them because you know what happens gm the pins pop out or the the bar pops out the pins release and now you're going down the road with the bogeys moving back and forth and yeah. some of them have actually come right off they okay. don't engage anything else that's why i i, I kind of beat that problem because i learned at a young age that i always carried ky jelly in the truck with me and i used to stick that shit in there and that's that some bitch worked like a charm Oh, you're serious. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, Motorhead Mark has just joined us. Uh, Mark, have you heard anything about that? Such a situation? I, I picked up on the last little bit there, Brian. I wasn't quite sure what kind of trailer it was you were talking about. Well, they're, they're old style trailers and they have the pull bars. When you pull, the, when you pull the, on the bar, it releases yeah. the pins. But what happens... What's that, GM? Now it's all by air, by the button, right? So yeah, well, that's why they're archaic trailers. So I, I mean, where I, you I pull the, the bars out card. to, to? You mean where you pull the bars out to slide your bogeys? Yes, yes. correct. Right, yeah. right. Very, right, very right. dangerous. Yeah, I watched Unless guys doing it the other day. They were terrible. Yeah, but they shouldn't be allowed, Mark. No, no. I called the safety card. They said, "What? You're not going to ever haul one of those trailers for us again?" I said, "No." So we have about 200 trailers. I said, I don't care. I said, I have the right to refuse work if it's deemed unfit or unsafe. And I'm calling them unsafe. And they said, you know what they said? One word, understood. So I will never haul those things again. Never. And that poor guy for helping me out 
He's got probably yeah. three stitches, I'm sure, in his head. But my I'm... God, I've never seen so much blood. <laughs> That's disgusting. It is. It is. Absolutely. Well, make sure you stop at the sex store and get some KY jelly, and you'll never have that problem again. <laughs> <laughs> Telling you. Okay. You are single, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I've been. I I, I go single about every six months. <laughs> oh <All right>. boy. <laughs> okay. So when we come back. I cannot wait to hear Mark's topic. I know it's uh, something about garages or gouging or something. He'll, he'll tell you all about it. So uh, we're going to go with GM Blacktop, and it's called Rage Her Back. Is that right, GM? It's actually another double double meaning. It's R-A-I-S-E-R-B-A-C-K. I liked it because I like the idea of the Arkansas Razorback, but I... But it means raise her back, meaning my career. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll let you discuss that after the song. Okay. Here it is from GM Blacktop. Guy's got to be so difficult. Sometimes it gets you to go, yeah. That's wide open. I've learned to say to about how things go. Now I've broken the spell I've found to bound my soul. Raise my destiny, go steady. Try to get back to where I want.
time to raise it up. Raise it back. That's why. GM, I know you're dying to tell me what this one's about, so I can't wait. Go ahead, tell the freaks what Rager back or Razor back or Raver back means. Yeah, as Razor back, R A I S E dash E R dash B A C K. And I remember uh, when I was down, there's a football team called the Arkansas Razorbacks. I've always liked the word Razor back. So one day I was driving and I, I thought I saw that, you know, a different meaning for the word Razorback. And it made sense to me that it would be raise her back, meaning raise her back, meaning. And, and when I wrote the song, it was about how uh, life has, you know, tossed and turned me around. But now I'm going to, you know, I've broken the spell. Well, thanks for the intro, Brian. I appreciate it. Um, I've been a backyard mechanic since my dad started uh, started teaching me about wrenching on cars. I was about nine years old when my dad first started teaching me. And as I got older, my dad had a garage, and I learned a lot. Um, a lot about cars, a lot about helping customers out, a lot about customer service. I really tried to pay attention on quality of service. And as time went by, my father ended up buying a dealership and I worked with my dad for some time. I got involved in uh, riding dirt bikes when I was young. My dad taught me how to do my own work on my bikes. So fast forward to this, um, as I got older, I bought my own cars and did my own work on my cars. And people would say, hey, man, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Can you help me do a brake job? Or, hey, look, I need to do a tune-up. And back then, Jim um, will understand this. We used to do uh, points and condensers and rotor yep. cap and wires and plugs. That was a tune-up. Yep. And I didn't, you know, I mean, most of the time I was just helping my buddies out. Every once in a while, I actually had a customer of my own. And as I got into racing, I started paying attention to what the shops were doing because I needed some sponsorship. So you kind of look to automotive world sometimes for your sponsorship. And people started complaining uh, a, a long time ago about how much shops were starting to charge. For the longest time, it was affordable. and 
you would hear a story from time to time about a woman getting taken to the cleaners when it came to getting some work done on her vehicle. And that really started to irk me. And I, I started doing, I started taking on more um, customers um, and, and doing the work at my place. Um, Brian uh, is, is an old friend of mine and I, I've, he's watched me work on cars for a long, long time. And he's been aware of my, my side job, if you will, my backyard mechanic skills. Um, and, and, uh, recently, um, I heard about, a um, a shop charging somebody, uh, a, a female friend of mine, an exorbitant amount of money for a brake job. And she started explaining to me the, the cost of what the parts were going to be and the cost of the labor. And I know that shops nowadays are charging about 130 an hour ballparkers, maybe 120. You might even get lucky and find one at 110. But, you know, between 110, $130 an hour, an hour, like I, I can't even fathom that. And when she started telling me the work they said that her vehicle needed, her vehicle is a, a 2010 uh, GMC pickup, or sorry, 2018, 2018, my bad, 2018. And so it's, it's not very old and it doesn't have a lot of kilometers on it. And I know the girl, I know how she drives. She's, she's not hard on equipment. I give her a hard time about it, but she's not. And she, you're not going to, you're, you're, you guys, when I tell you the cost that they were going to they quoted her for this break job. You're going to, you're going to be really shocked. They quoted her for a set of pads for front and back, a, a pair of rotors for the front, a pair of rotors for the back. And they said she needed all four calipers and they were going to charge her $5,000. Oh my God. Wow. Right. For a break job. Oh my God. I just got my brakes done. 1900. Right, so That's I mean, I, it, it's 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 unbelievable, you guys. It's unbelievable. And yeah. when she told me that, I was driving down the road, and she told me that, I I it took my breath away. I I was absolutely shocked. And this is this isn't a reputable garage. This is a Chevrolet dealership here in Nanaimo. Wow, right. and I thought. Holy effing crap. That is, that's bizarre. Like, I, I couldn't believe it. So I, I said, let me hang up. I'm going to call my parts people. And I deal with Lordco most of the time here in, in Nanaimo. And they sponsor my race car. So I, I get a bit of a, a, a break. And I've, I've got a couple of accounts that I'm allowed to use to get a discount. But I pay for it. I don't put it on charge or anything. So I got some quotes on some prices. And, and when I called her back and I said, well, your parts come to about $680 plus tax. She was quiet. Like you, you could almost hear her breathing. It was so dead quiet. Like, you know, literally could have heard a pin drop. And she said, $680. And that's for the parts. I said, yeah. And, and my labor would be this because I don't charge very much for labor. I know I'm stupid in that way, but I like helping people out. Yeah. 
And, and, and literally she was astonished that I, I, not only could I get the parts for this, I said, they're getting the parts for that or cheaper because they're a big dealership and they'll be calling these places for supplies constantly. So I'm either getting the same deal or, or I'm paying a little more than they are. So imagine the markup. And I said, and then you got your shop rate and they wanted to charge her for, <laughs> and GM, you'll get this. You're in my age bracket. They wanted to charge her for two bottles of brake fluid to do a brake job. Two bottles. I, like, are, you, you got to be kidding me. Thing that bothers two, me is that two, thing that bothers me is it, it, like let's say that the mechanics are really good mechanic and they're paying him forty bucks an hour. So that means that they're getting eighty to ninety dollars an hour per car, right? Per hour. So they're making like fifteen, twenty grand a day probably in uh, in in just rental space. Yeah, and shop rate exactly. Yeah. It it it, it boggled my mind. So I've made a deal with her that I would do the brake job. I, I'm busy this weekend. But this is where that thing came from, Brian, was this gouging garages, because it's not the first yeah. time I've heard it. It's not, the, it's not even the 10th time this year I've heard this. And you know what? It To me, and she agreed with it, I think she even said it first, this is literally, hey, they saw her, and I hate to, I, I absolutely hate the sexist part of that, but they saw her coming. Here's a little blonde girl coming in the door and yep. she's not going to know whether or not she needs all this stuff. So let's just tell her we, she needs all this stuff done. And that yep. absolutely frosts my ass so bad. I, I, I just, time. you know, and she's, she's a, she's a good friend of mine. Um, I'm, I'm still recovering from a broken neck. I'm still recovering from a motorcycle accident. I've, I've got some back issues and she's, you know, concerned whether or not I can do the job. Well, yes, I can do the job. And I, I told her, don't worry about whether or not I can do the job. Worry about the fact that these people have literally tried to take you to the cleaners. And yeah. I told her I was going to do the podcast tonight. And this was going to be my topic because it needs to stop. These garages need to look at people instead of just being a number, they need to bring it back to humanity. That was one of my dad's biggest things. My dad's garage was so busy when I was a kid. And that was one of the biggest reasons is because even though my dad was gruff and rough and tough around everybody else and rough around the edges, and he was a tough guy, he treated people with respect and he knew that everybody was holding on to their, their pennies and their dollars as tight as they could because we were coming into a recession and it, it, he went through um, Halifax during the back end of the Second World War, so he knows what being into a depression was like. So uh, we're in a recession right now. Why aren't these places looking at these jobs and looking at these people, customers, and women? I hate to do it because I feel like they targeted her, and that pisses me off. Yeah. It really pisses me off. And you know what? She's on this podcast tonight. Hi. <laughs> oh, it my, really? Oh, it was Chris. Yeah, it was oh, me. Honey. Wow, that's what's happening, I know. They, uh... Yeah, no, that's 
that's that's uh it, it, you know mark it's never going to change because it's a cultural flaw it's, it's why you pay 150 bucks to talk to a lawyer on the phone it's why you get ripped off everywhere you turn because it's a cultural flaw that people don't really give a shit to help other people in this world anymore well that's that's not how i was raised my dad raised me, me a lot better than that absolutely and, you know the society today has changed so um i'm not going to say that it's greedy it, it it i mean it is greed the big machine is all about greed but it's lack of respect it's lack of consideration and yep. empathy and compassion it's yep. just not there anymore when i was a kid man my mom would say watch your p's and q's and i never knew what that meant when i went out and she said later on watch your pleases and thank yous and that was where the q came from thank you so watch your p's and q's mind your manners pay respects say yes sir no sir yes ma'am no ma'am and be responsible and own your own your own your responsibilities own your mistakes and learn from them and that's how i grew up so yep. when when Corinne told me this, I went, oh, my God, how is it we've gone so far in the opposite direction of the way I was raised? These garages yep. need to be accountable. So I'm literally having no problem tonight saying that Laird Wheaton in Nanaimo has a responsibility to the public. They have a responsibility to their customers. And this, to me, is uh, not showing respect to their customers. I agree. And Mark, we were talking about this earlier when it come with, uh, with Aaron about the same, almost the same subject about maintenance on trucks. When you do that same issue, uh, and I imagine lady truck drivers go through the same thing. When you do that at a Peterbilt dealership, they're not telling you five grand. They might be telling you 25 grand. Right. That's right. Yeah. I get it. I and totally get it. So. Know. And that's the scary thing is if you don't have that mechanical inclination, you're not going to be like, well, let me see the part. Let me see that it's broken. Let me see that that brake pad's not all the way or that's worn too much. Like you're not even going to know. Right. You're just going to assume that they are doing their job. They are making your life safer. Yes, it's a huge bill. I guess you got to do it. But, you know, like thankful that she's got like Corinne's got you and yeah. somebody else to ask because if you don't have anybody to ask, like I always used to ask my dad and now, you know, Dale, we just redid our brakes on our pickup for, it was, unfortunately it was the long weekend and we decided to do it. Mm. So we, all we had was Canadian tire, but it cost us a grand for the parts for everything that we did. Sure. And you know, yep. our time was whatever, but it was the long weekend. So we couldn't shop around for parts. So Right. You know, that was our own stupidity, but it was like, oh, if we'd have gone, you know, and got that done somewhere else, it would have cost us five, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's yeah. so unfair um, and and un, un, uh, unfathomable for me. Like I say, it it's just those kind of prices. I mean, $5,000, I can go and buy a decent used car for $5,000 that doesn't need any work right at the moment. Right. And, yeah. you know, one of the guys I work with in it, 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 the company I, I drive for, he just bought himself a little Volkswagen Golf for 4500 bucks, and it doesn't need a single thing. Not one thing. The brakes are good. The tires are good. The exhaust is good. The interior is in reasonable shape for $4,500, and they want her to buy a car to fix her brakes. <laughs> my, so my I, I'm, is, I can't allow it. My question is, uh, and some of you know me a, a few of 
from, from a few of the podcasts and kind of know how I think. My original question to this whole subject that you're doing, and, and I know you, it, that just drives you mental thinking about it, but my question is, when did this happen? When people say, I don't mean I don't mean a break job, but when did this cultural failure occur? When did it start and why did it start? That's That's what I'd like to know. I've had to deal with this well, all my life as, as a f woman going, whether it's car repair, purchasing a vehicle. Um, if I, and I've, when I go without, when I was married without my husband to buy a, a, a van one time, the, the salesman told me, like I was looking at a grand caravan. I was shopping around for a van for the kids and the salesman told me I couldn't afford the van. It was too expensive for me. And I looked at him and I said, how do you freaking know what I can afford or not afford? And I turned around and walked out. Of course, I didn't buy anything from them. But I've, my dad was a mechanic. I, I, I admit I'm not mechanically inclined, but I can pick up on things if there's something not right with my vehicle. And um, so when somebody tells me, oh, you need this, this, and this, I get red flags and I kind of know, yeah, okay, something's not right here. And I'll, I'll look for a second opinion. And in this case, my truck was in my driveway on Friday. I went to go to a meeting with a client and it wouldn't start. So it got towed to Laird Wheaton and the diagnosis was the starter was gone. And that was Friday. And then Monday morning, the service advisor calls me and he says, um, you need, like your brakes are all at one mil. You need all your brakes redone. And handed me the quote for four grand Real for simple. the brakes. And then there was another repair, an engine oil cooler hose needs replacing as well, apparently. And uh, I looked at him and I said, well, I don't have five grand right now and I'm going to go get a second and third opinion. And he just sat back. He looked kind of disgusted because he, he goes, we could get that all done for you today. Oh, I bet you can if I hand over the money. So I was like, no, I said, just do the starter. I want my truck. And uh, then I called Mark and <laughs> filled him in. <laughs> yeah, it's just Thing crazy. Is, guys, if I can interject, it's just not, it's okay. It's, it's, it's definitely, you know, repairs and parts, but it's everything. It's everything. Groceries. I mean, I just got groceries last night in Weed, California. Oh, by the way, they really appropriately that if you if you ever go through Weed, California, I have to I have to tell you, the most insane granola groupies are living there, and you can smell the ganja just as you're fueling your diesel in your truck. My lord, I, I said walked in. I walked in and I said. I said, this is Weed, California, right? And she goes, yeah. I go, boy, you guys really wear the name. I said, just go out there and you can just smell it. But anyway, um, yeah, I was uh, shopping at this uh, grocery outlet. It's a great place. And I thought, wow, I just spent 100 bucks. You know what it came to when the exchange? $163. Okay. Now, that got me a week's worth of groceries. But prior to that, $288 I spent. Okay, with the exchange, it's 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 everywhere. It's everywhere. I mean, look at dog food. Dog food is insane. If you have a dog, you have one dog, you're gonna spend easily thirty five dollars per dog. That large uh, bag of dog food. It's it's just everywhere. Uh, wouldn't you say, Pav? 
you, have you know have you must have encountered that with some pricing in Calgary? Actually, I just moved from Vancouver, you know, so from 2019 to till now, uh, Vancouver is like no longer a place you can just want to stay anymore, you know. And same thing with Calgary. When I arrived here last year, compared to now, grocery price and everything, everything is like not where it used to be before. People are saying it's like six to seven percent up. But I saw a video of a guy explaining it is more than thirty to forty percent up compared to the last time. You know, so yeah, it's not that good anymore. That what it used to be. Yeah, it's, everybody's losing their minds. I recently went in for an Asian massage, and the damn woman stood on my head. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Bro. You you are the guy for the example, catch them off guard, you know? Always. Always. Um, whenever we go to the grocery store and my husband's with me and I'm always complaining about the prices, he's like, Welcome to twenty twenty three, Aaron. Like but I'm always thinking, yeah. like, why is this cheese like ten, twelve dollars? Like, yes, I want it. Do I need it? Like, you know. It makes me think about everything. Every purchase I buy is like, okay, I'm thinking in my head, okay, what's this going to cost? Is it worth it? Do I actually need it? Uh, do I just want it? Like, it's it's a crazy, like, the prices of things. Like, when you go into the restaurant, and it's like $20 for a salad. And that's, to me, like a $6 item. Like, when we come down to the States, like, today we had lunch. Uh, just outside of Grand Island in St. Paul, Nebraska. And uh, there was stuff for like $4 and 50 cents. I'm like, this is how I think restaurants should be like this. That's where my head is still. Even in 2023, I'm still thinking, I guess, way back in the early 90s, late 80s, you know, pricing. I'm just I'm amazed and flabbergasted every time I go out for a meal. It's like, I try to find the cheapest thing on the menu, even if I don't like it, just because I'm just a a penny pincher. Yeah. Right, right. All right, anybody else got that to add to that? I was just gonna say, when Aaron talked about that $4 salad, it's very similar to what Mark was saying, is that, you know, people just were, they used to think properly, but now they don't, you know, they just lost their minds. Well, it's, it's no doubt that when you're going to the movie theater, nobody goes to the movie theater anymore because, I mean, you just you get soaked, like just completely soaked at the at the snack bar. I mean, it, it's not uncommon to have a family of four spend easily a hundred dollars at the movie theater. Now, I mean, Bandit and I, we, we got A&W the other day. When did A&W cost thirty dollars for breakfast? Please tell me that. When one of the persons is a dog. <laughs> Not. No, he got he gets his he gets his sausage and agar and he gets his hash brown and I get I get my hash brown and two sausage and agars and a coffee. And that's thirty freaking dollars, GM. It's just yeah, like it's, I said, bro's lost his mind. Yeah, it's a very expensive world when you start thinking about it financially and what you can actually afford. It's fast food isn't cheap anymore there's nothing cheap like you get a foot long and a drink and a half and a say a six inch uh sub at subway and it's 30 30 dollars which is like to me insane it's yeah. just insane yeah it's actually not fun to go grocery shopping anymore because then no. when you get to the no. till you get the big kick in the nuts right yeah, yeah. 
I like to shop at the dollar store because I can eat Melba toast for two twenty-five. <laughs> it's true right. down here in the states, like those dollar family dollar stores. We sometimes will shop down there, and you get, you know, ooh, three soups for a buck twenty-five, and that's yeah. where we stock up on f- our snacks and stuff because <laughs> it's outrageous to do it at the convenience stores or anywhere yeah. else. Even- even Tim Hortons. Apparently, at the last Thanksgiving that we just had, they were selling more roast chickens than they were selling frozen turkeys. That says it right there. Okay, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm lost. I, can you explain that to me? I, I'm not getting it. Okay, people can't buy turkeys, so they buy roast chicken and substitute the roast chicken as the turkey for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Most chickens are only five dollars. Uh, you know, a, a ten or fifteen pound turkey is like thirty, forty bucks. At but least. aren't they like seven? Aren't they ten times the size? <laughs> You're not getting it. We're, we're talking really... about. We're ta- trying. We're saying that they have to try. Like, there's so many people that are taking things back in the store. I've watched it. And with my own eyes, the people pick something up, they look at the price, they put it in the cart, and then they take it out of the cart, right? That's and neat. when and when they go to the till, they're taking like five or ten things out of the cart before, and then they're giving it to the lady at this at the you know right. the clerk whatever, and saying, "Here, take that back. I don't need those things." It's not I, do I don't that. need those things. It's I can't afford those things. Right. You put a you put a pound of grapes on the damn scale and it's be fifteen bucks and it's like no it won't have them back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, right. Okay. So and, and I mean Mark and, and Corinne, I mean you guys live in a very expensive province. Okay, BC, bring cash. Okay. Aaron, you're probably living in the cheapest province. And Tony, you probably live in another expensive one as well. So I mean, where does it end? It doesn't end. This is Trudeau's Canada. And until we get rid of that SOB, we're going to continue to have this because he's not making anything accountable for anybody. I mean, the grocers must be just, they must be cleaning up. Yeah. Yeah, and just like the... The grocers are... Anybody else got any final words on that? I just wanted to say that I've heard the grocers are blaming the shipping costs on the increase in the grocery prices i don't know why car parts are that much more expensive at a dealership i no answer to that one markup mm-hmm. probably as far as i can concerned, they need to send trudeau back to cuba where he was born <laughs> right <laughs> right there's a reason that we call him true dumb castro exactly I mean, his mother used to party with uh, his mother used to party with Mick Jagger for Christ's sake. Yeah, if not said, true dope. He's got to go. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Anyways, that's that's all I wanted to say, and that that's my topic for tonight. And I'm sure people will be uh, putting their two cents worth in once they hear about all of this. Uh, I appreciate all your guys' input. And you're right; it is everywhere. It's rampant. Um, yep. It's not just garages, but that was where my uh, frustration was uh, guided tonight and, and has been for the last couple of days. So I'll be helping Corinne out with this issue. And um, I hope somehow, some way, when somebody hears this, they go, man, we need to do something. 
Okay, so Mark's off, and uh, we got uh, one more song called Blacktop Angel from GM Blacktop himself, and then uh, we're going to get into the sports scoreboard from Bry Guy's uh, scores, and uh, then we will get into the final pylon shoutouts. Looking forward to that, because I got three of them tonight. I don't know about you guys, but uh, and I'll explain to Tony what the pylon shoutouts are as we get to them. Okay. Your skin to the game. Most nights are lonely and long ones. We get accustomed to the pain. And we drive on through everything that comes our way. And we listen to the voice there in our veins.
Okay, we're back, and uh, we're going to do Bry Guys Sports Shorts Scoreboard. In the National Hockey League tonight, we got the Hurricanes at one and the Seattle Kraken at four. That's after the second period. Uh, Stars and Ducks are tied at one. The Avalanche are slipping by the Hawks, uh, end of the first two zip. The Bruins two and the Sharks zero. Uh, these are all finals. The Preds over the Rangers four to one. The Panthers took out the Leafs three to one. That's a surprise. The Lightning over the Canucks four to three, and the Flames got by the Sabers four to three as well in the same score. Flyers continue to win. They beat the Oilers four to one. That's a shocker. Uh, the Golden Knights, uh, the Stanley Cup champs, have beat the Jets five to three. That's now a final. The Kings seven of the Wild three, and the Coyotes tripled up the Blues six to two. In Major League Baseball, we've got the Arizona Diamondbacks two, the Phillies at one, that's a final, and the Astros over the Rangers 10 to three. In the NBA, nobody cares about basketball, but we'll say it anyway. The Lakers 58, the Suns 54, the half. We've got the Nuggets 56, Clippers 53, and the Utah Jazz and the Kings 72 to 68. And a final, the Celtics 127 to the Hornets 99, Pistons 118 to 116. Uh, I can't, don't even know how to pronounce that name. Isn't that great? I'm a great, I'm a great basketball fan. And we've got 114 over the Timberwolves and the Bulls 114 to 105. Yes. In the NFL, the Jag Jags. Uh, 31 and the New Orleans Saints 24. So there you go. That's your sports shorts scoreboard. Now for the pylon shoutouts. Okay. We've got one, though, Brian. What? You've forgotten cricket. We've got Stetchfield over the Greenshire with the score of 22 to 12. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you added that in for me. Okay. So we got the pylon shoutouts. And uh, just to tell you what they are, a Blue Pylon shout out for Tony's benefit is basically someone that did good for you that is a male. A female is red and a black is someone that just pissed you off. Okay. Guess who's got three tonight? I do. So I'm going to start. Okay. So I'm going to give the first Pylon shout out, obviously a blue, to Officer Gustafson so not, for not giving Bry Guy a very enormous overweight ticket and also a uh, extended 14-hour shift ticket. So, Aaron, you definitely get the blue pylon. So, next one, the black pylon. That's that indigenous prick that woke me up at 6 o'clock in the morning. To you too, buddy, because I don't care for you at all. Okay, and I want to give a red pylon to our newest member of the Highway Freaks, Tony B., who is uh, going to amaze us and amuse us next week when she will be on her own with her own 10-minute topic. We'll be uh, looking forward to that. So you get a red one tonight for coming on the panel, and hopefully you enjoyed yourself tonight, Tony. Thank you. I did. Okay, and we'll pass it on to you. Who would you like to get some pylons out to? <laughs> Everyone there tonight. Okay, so you're throwing blues and reds that are the whole panel on Highway Freaks. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a big fan. Big fan. And okay, I cool. I'd probably get the black pylon right in the nutsack. 
Always. Always. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's that's all your pylons, GM? Yeah. Okay. No, How about you, Corinne? That wasn't, wasn't my pylons. That was the one I, I got from Tony. Oh, okay. So do you, okay, so you wanna you wanna throw in your pylons? No, I'm too sore at the moment. <laughs> it hit me okay. right in the nutsack, Brian. Okay. Corinne, what's your yes. pylon shout outs? Change the subject. Um, I've got two tonight. Uh, blue pylon to Mark for helping me out with the issues yeah. and, and all that with dealing with my brakes that I apparently need for my truck. And, of course, the black one I'm going to throw at Laird Wheaton for trying to totally yep. rip me off. Those are Agreed. mine. <laughs> okay, Aaron. A blue pylon for my husband, Dale, as per usual. And a black one always goes to Trudeau. I'll just never <laughs> stop doing that. All right, can I Great. second motion? You I, go, I go, you go. <laughs> okay. Aaron, and power path are Yeah. Can I ask can I ask you to elaborate that? Can you just just find just 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 this much courage. I would really, I would be indebted to you for life if you say, and the black one goes to Trudeau and I'm going to hit him right in the nutsack. <laughs> no, because this is recorded and you never know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Very well said. Well, okay. I just said it. <laughs> All right. So, Pav, you have the last word for the pylons. Uh, my week was good, so I'll give the red one to my sister and the blue one to my brother-in-law. Uh, they are a nice family. They are my grocery store. When I need something, I go to their home and grab it from the fridge. So I never <laughs> have to take anything. So yeah, they are the one. And that's all I have for now. Good deal. Yeah, okay. it is. All right. So just a reminder, uh, we've got the Halloween Howler podcast coming up on October the 26th. And everybody's going to have Halloween moniker names. Okay. Everybody uh, is uh, happy with theirs. GM, Dead Top, uh, Sorceress, Aaron, Corinne, The Witch, Tony B, Zombie, GM, Dead Top. Okay. And I guess Mark would be probably, we'll give him Monster Mark instead of Mummy. You guys can vote on that. We never did ask Mark. So. Who wants mummy and who wants monster? What should we call them, Corinne? Monster. Mummy. I mummy. think monster, because a mummy, mummies don't talk. Yeah. Okay, yeah, monster. Who's this okay. we'll, Mummies we'll don't make Mark, noise. We'll give Mark monster mark, so he'll be monster mark. Okay. What's Pav going to be? Yeah, well, bro, what's my name? Pav, um, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, let's see, yes, something. My, my, my guess, he's going to call himself He's gonna call himself Brown Frankenstein or some shit. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. oh no! That's the way. That's the way. I I love I love Pav and I've learned I learned that the way. That's the way he rolled because I saw his little emoji there. Oh no! <laughs> All right. And J-Man the werewolf snarl. He'll be in. He'll be back next week for sure. And we're going to play lots of good music, and uh, they're all going to be Halloween-related. And mm -hmm. um, Count Dracula 
is going to do a movie review on Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. So Ooh. that'll be interesting. That'll be very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's been one heck of a week. Guys, thank you all. Uh, that was quite an entertaining podcast tonight and informative. Yeah. Tony, thank you as well. And we'll see everybody next week on the Highway Freaks Halloween Howler and a special, special treat. I got to say this. We are going to focus on a very, very important 1938 broadcast. At the end of the podcast, H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds, we are going to play in its entirety after the podcast. So this is going to be a really good show. Okay, guys, you guys have a great week, and may the good news be yours. It's on you. It's on you. It's on you. Religion